You know, there's, there's uh, as you know, people that are part of Pinnacle that have decided to get out of the heat, you know, and they're in Ohio just sweating away with the humidity. And, of course, there's a few gone to Sholo, and I know that's a lot nicer right now than Phoenix. But I'd rather, I'd rather be right here, right here with you than anywhere else. Amen. And today, uh, today I'm I'm going to give to you, um, as a result of really a lot of thought and prayer regarding this whole issue of celebration. I want to give to you today just a, a brief, not as long as as. As normal, but I want to give you a brief synopsis of what I think is a really, really good, good formula uh, for living life. And so, um, before we do that, I just want you to join me briefly as we just ask God and His Spirit to move in a special way in our hearts. Father, You know every heart. You know, you know every nook and cranny of our thoughts. You know every detail of our lives. And Lord, we want to invite you today in the power of your spirit to freely move and speak to us about those very things that are in our hearts and our minds. Lord, help us to be able to uh, to get a better grip on, or rather to have you get a bit a better grip on us Amen. as it pertains to life. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a, there's a verse of scripture that most of you have probably heard before. It's Proverbs 23 and verse 7, and it basically says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. I want to start there because it's really important to realize that you are what you think. I've heard people say you are what you eat, but you are what you think. You are what you think, and, and I, want to, I want to emphasize you are not what you think you are. And you're not what other people think you are, but you are what you think. You are what you think. And when it comes to God, what you think about God, if you read anything from the men and women who've gone before and even those who've given us the scriptures you come to understand that what you think about God is the most important things that you think. What you think about God is what makes all the difference in your life and in this world. Not what you think God ought to do, not how you think God ought to work or how you think or perceive or want God to do whatever it is that you want. No, it's what you think about God. It's what you think about 
the character of God. In fact, the, the entire Bible gives us repeated declarations of who God is. And the reason the Bible is full of that is because if there's one thing that God wants us to know, it is Him. God longs for us to know Him. So consumed with that was the Apostle Paul that he said, I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection in the third chapter of Philippians. I want to know Him. I want to know God. I want to know make, what makes God tick, what makes God do what He does. I want to know about His holiness, about His mercy, because, listen... What you believe about God will determine your experience in life and in death. What you believe about God. So you are what you think. What you think about God. If you think God is like a father who neglected you, that will be your experience in life. And you'll see everything from that vantage point when it comes to God. If you think God or believe God is somehow busy or absent or has bigger things to deal with than you and your life, then you will act accordingly. You'll try to figure it out. Martha was talking about trust without borders talking about the oceans of life. She invited us to step out in the waters, just like Jesus did with Peter and said, Hey, Peter, come. As long as Peter kept his eyes riveted on Jesus, he was fine. When he didn't, the waves overtook him. See, What you believe about God will determine how you focus on God. And how you focus on God will determine the peace that you experience in the midst of life's turmoils and the rejoicing that you're able to do regardless of what comes your way. So what you think makes all the difference in the world and in the world to come. I say that because as you begin to look at Philippians 4, 4 through 7, there are literally just the three different simple sets of things that I, I want to share with you. The first one is really very simple, and that is you need to think. You need to think. You need to use your head. That thing that a lot of people forget they have. You know, we have a brain. God gave us a mind. We're supposed to use it. So you need to think. And when, when Paul says in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Have you ever heard somebody say about a circumstance that you've been in? Well, just find the good part in it. Find something to be joyful about. You know, pick out the little piece of candy you got or something. Just something to make you feel happy. That's a bunch of hogwash. It's a bunch of hogwash because if you go through life trying to find these little nuggets of things that you can hold on to 
to somehow give you that sense of happiness and joy and so on, you're going to be miserable most of the time. Because life's filled with a lot of junk. And you know how they make those very precious stones and so on and fine jewelry and diamonds and so on? It's through a lot of nasty pain. Gold has to go through fire. Gold has to go through a whole process before it comes out shining like gold. And and Job understood that. He said, you know what? When I come out the other side, I'm going to be shining like gold. Now, why would he say that? Because he went through... Hell, misery, pain, sorrow. Rejoice in the Lord. The Lord is sovereign. The Lord is righteous. The Lord is holy. The Lord is compassionate. The Lord is good. The Lord is merciful. Focus on the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Don't rejoice in your circumstances. Don't rejoice in your pain. Rejoice in the Lord. Regardless of what it is, use your mind. Think about who it is that is in control of all of life, all of time. Think about the one who started it. Think about the one who's made a way. Think about the one who provided this incredible plan. Think about Jesus who came and lived his life sinfully, sinlessly, so that he could die for sinful people. Think about it. Use your head. Use your head. I often used to tell my, my kids when they were younger before most of them now have, you know, gotten a significant uh, other person, married, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I, keep, I used to tell them. And I, there's just one I still have to keep telling. God has a plan. Anyway, I used to tell them, use your head and guard your heart. Use your head and guard your heart. The same thing is true when it comes to these issues of life. Use your head. Guard your heart. Don't let your emotions get out in front. That's the cart leading the horse. Think about who he is. Think about what he's done. Think about all the things he's accomplished. We read just a few verses about all the things that he's done. And the Bible tells us, remember, 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 remember. Focus. Think. Rejoice in the Lord. Think. Now, after you think, the second thing you need to do is engage. Engage. It's kind of like a stick shift, which is kind of an anomaly these days. But when you think and then you engage, you put the clutch in and you put the gear first, you put it in first gear so you can go forward. You're engaging the vehicle to move. Or for those of you who don't know how to drive a, a stick shift, you just put it in drive, okay? But either way, you have to engage. You've got to get the thing going. Can you imagine somebody sitting in their car in the driveway just thinking about all the wonderful things and never putting it in drive and never putting it in reverse, never going anywhere? And just sitting there just like, oh, wow, so sweet, so wonderful. No, you have to engage. Life is about engaging. It's about engaging with a sinful world and a righteous God who's, wa- who's walking with you. So you need to engage. There are three things that that you'll see in this passage that you and I need to do. And I, I, I wrote it down in, a, in one way, and then in the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up and said, you need to share it in a different way. So I sent myself a text so I would not forget. <laughs> Modern day, you know, things. 
And here they are. They're very simple. They're very simple. They're very practical. And, and they, they flow naturally out of a mind that is focused on the Lord. That's why Paul says you need to renew your mind. That's why we are told constantly to think on certain things. That's why the Bible really focuses on where your mind is. And, and Paul even says that you and I have been given the mind of Christ as believers. So we've got the whole package. We've got everything that we need intact by the work of God, the miraculous work of God. So when you start thinking on those things and focus on those things, there are three things that you and I need to do in the midst of any situation that we face. Call it life. The very first thing that you and I need to do is we need to yield. Yield. Listen to what he says. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. By the way, those are commands, not options. Commands. And then he says this, Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. Let your forbearing spirit be made known to all men. What does that mean? There's all kinds of different words that are used to describe. This is one word, actually. Forbearing spirit is actually one combined word in the Greek. And it's, it's, not, it's not just talking about you showing how kind and gracious and nice you are and showing that you're patient. All the things that we think of when we think of this. It is specifically talking about graciousness in humility, which is a byproduct of walking in the Spirit. Jesus said himself, he said, come and learn from me because I am gentle. I'm gentle. Not weak. Gentle. Do you know what gentle means? I've shared this often. It's a word picture. It's about a, it's about a wild horse that under the tutelage and the trainage of a master, that wild horse becomes functionable. They don't lose their strength. They don't lose the power that they have. They just come under the trainer. And so it is that we find that gentle means to come under the control of another. Jesus says, I'm gentle. I'm under the control of the Almighty when you and I come to Christ, we're given the Spirit. And in the fruit of the Spirit, one of the things that we experience is gentleness. The Holy Spirit of God controlling us under His control. So what it's talking about here is that you and I need to engage. Once we start thinking the right thoughts, now we need to yield. Yield to what? Yield to the Spirit's control. Yield to the Spirit's control. When you're in a pickle, when things are rough and tumbling in your life, one of, the, one of the most important things that you and I can do after we think rightly is to yield. Yield to the control of the Spirit. And I wish I did that 100% of the time. I mean, you know, in baseball, baseball season's right now, right? In baseball, if somebody's batting 500, do you realize how incredibly highly paid that person is. I was watching just this little snippet of the Diamondbacks the other day, just a little bit, and somebody came up to the plate and they were saying, man, this guy's batting really hot these days. You know, he's like up to 300. 300. 
That means that out of every 10 times he's up to bat, he hits three times. That's really hot in baseball. And you and I, when we don't, when we don't get close to 90% or 80% in being victorious and successful, successful in life, we tell ourselves how bad we are. Anyway, just wanted to tell you that because you need to realize that in the process of transition and growth in your spiritual life and your walk with God, those percentages will increase as you yield control. The more you yield. So yield control. He says, let your forbearing spirit, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Something you don't produce. It comes about thinking rightly and yielding control. Yield. Here's the other one. Here's the other one that you need to remember. And that is not only yield. second one is stay close. Stay close. Now this is kind of like an oxymoron. Because God is close. It's our place to stay close to Him. He's not going anywhere. Most of the time the problem is ours. We're the ones that go, not Him. People like David, often the Psalms, why have you forsaken me? And I can just imagine God saying, I didn't. Or Job, where did you go, God? I'm right here. My grace is sufficient for you. Notice what he says. Paul says, The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. The end of verse 5, The Lord is near. The beginning of verse 6, Be anxious for nothing. Those two are tied together. Stay close. When you're thinking rightly and you yield control and you determine to stay close, there's nothing to be anxious about. Nothing to be worried about. And you know, when you walk like that for a while, you start to experience that confidence that comes with staying close. So much so that you don't worry about so many things. One of the, probably one of the craziest things that my, my mom and dad ever did for me was instill confidence. I mean, it was dangerous. There wasn't anything that I didn't think I could do. And on one hand, that's really wonderful and special, and I'm very grateful to you, dad and mom, for that. But in another way, it's kind of dangerous because here's this kid thinking he can do what he's nuts. It's crazy. Traveling on your own at a very young age to places that, you know, no big deal. Spending a summer in another country, flying there by myself, 12, 13 years old. But it's their fault. I mean, when I was five and six years old, I had my own, my own passport and they would let me go up to the counter and check in myself, you know, six, seven years old and all. I learned that stuff so it was like, I can do this. I can go anywhere I want to. 
I know how to get traveler's checks. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. You know, there's this kid running around thinking he can go anywhere. Dangerous. <laughs> Dangerous. But you have, that same, you have that same attitude to a far greater degree when you think rightly and you yield and you stay close. He says, don't be anxious for anything. The Lord is near. Some people take the passage here and Paul is saying, they think, the Lord is near. He's about ready to come. Well, amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. Amen. If the Apostle Paul thought he was coming, certainly I assure you I think he's coming. And it's imminent. It can happen any time. Even before the service is over. Amen. It can happen. But the point here is not that Jesus is coming. That's a fact. What Paul is saying is the Lord's near. You don't, worry. You don't need to worry about anything. Don't be anxious. Just stay close. So think right. Think right. It starts here. What you think you are. Not what you think you are. You are what you think. Think rightly. Yield. Stay close. And then the third thing that comes with that is really simple. Communicate. Communicate. Listen to what Paul says. He says, the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. Stay close. Then he says this. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Communicate, 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 communicate. God knows it all. But do you acknowledge? Do you let it out? Do you talk? It is so difficult for people to communicate. Thoughts, feelings, hurts. Sorrows, joys. Amongst human beings is tough. What Paul is telling us here is think right and then you need to yield, stay close and communicate. Your greatest asset is right there. Amen. Jeremiah 33, 3, call on me and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Isaiah talks about the fact that call on me and before you start to call, I will answer. Pray without ceasing, I believe, is somewhere in the New Testament, right? Most of you are saying, let's see, Bob. First Thessalonians, that's right, 518. You got it. But knowing where it is, and don't be, uh, don't be offended by this, just take it to heart. Knowing where these are will do you no good unless you think on these things. You can have all the answers, but if you don't think right, you're not going to experience life right. So think right, and then engage. Put it in gear. Three simple things. What's the first one? Yield. Yield control. Because you're thinking right. You realize he's God, he's strong, he's powerful, he's in control. I'm not. I'm going to give over the control. What's the second one after, after control and yield? Stay close. Stay close. He will never leave you or forsake you. Think rightly and stay there. 
Stay there. And what's the third one? Communicate. Communicate. Another word for that, a biblical word, a theological word, a really powerful, strong word is what? Pray. 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 That's what it is. Pray. Some people say, I just can't pray. Oh, come on, you just did. Praise talking. Only it's specifically talking to God. Talking to God is called prayer. And people say, I can't do that. Well, you just finished a conversation with me. Was that hard? It ought to be easier for us to talk to God than to talk to anybody else. Because God knows us completely already. So lay it all out there. Tell him. Be like a Jeremiah. Weep and cry and scream. Go out in the desert and holler at him. Listen to what the prophets used to say. Some of the stuff you read, you think, boy, that, that's not, that doesn't sound like a real nice relationship. Do you think God doesn't know all this anyway? You think God's surprised when you say, God, I'm angry. You know what God, you know what God would say if you would listen? He'd say, I know you're angry, but the way you're describing it is almost like you're afraid to tell me what I already know. Communicate. Communicate. God, I'm hurting today. Or, I feel good. Communicate. Communicate. So you think right, then you engage and listen to this. Then you enjoy. What do you enjoy? Two things. Two things. Peace. And protection. It all comes from thinking right and engaging in response to those thoughts. Listen to what he says. When you do this, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace. And protection, guarding your mind and your heart. Brings you right back to the very first thing we talked about, your mind. Your mind and your heart. Think right. What is it that you believe about God today? What is it that you think about God? Do you believe that you're valuable to God? I mean, really, do you believe that? The Bible says you are. Do you believe that you are worth more than all of the treasures of this entire world all combined together? Do you believe that? Think on these things. By the way, this is not mind over matter. This is a matter of your mind. Do you believe and think that God has bad things in store for you, you're going to be a wreck. A mess. You believe that God has good things in store for you? If you see that God's hand is in all that He does and everything that happens, if you're, if you're able to think rightly about who God is 
and then yield, stay close, and talk to him. He will keep you at peace and he'll protect you. From what? The greatest danger of all. Thinking wrong thoughts about who God is. Some of you this morning, some of you this morning needed to hear this because you're just really stuck. Stuck thinking the wrong stuff. Thinking the wrong things about who God is. You're looking at your past and you're seeing all the stuff you've been through and all the horrible experiences you've had and you're saying, well, I don't know. I just want to challenge you this morning. Think rightly about who God is. You want to find out who he is? It's right there. Blessed is the man who every day meditates on the word of God. Every day, every night. Because he'll be like a tree firmly planted. The winds will come and he won't be messed up. You know, he's going to be strong. Where are you today? Are you suffering as an orphan? Or are you living as a child of the king? Are you kind of waddling through life as a misfit, one of misfortune? Or are you living every day as a providentially blessed child of God? Father, we thank you this morning. I pray right now, Father, for anyone in this room who has not come to terms with this fact that you so love the world that you gave your Son. That whoever will put their trust in Jesus will never perish but have everlasting life. And Father, I pray right here this morning for some in this room who've embraced Jesus Christ as Savior, but they're still not recognizing you for who you are, the almighty, all-powerful, all-caring, all-knowing, all-compassionate, and wonderful God. Lord, this morning, as we close our time, may we get our thoughts right. May we yield to your control. Lord God, may we determine to stay close even though sometimes it feels like you're far away. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. By faith, not by feelings. And Lord God, help us to pray, 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 pray. All in the name of Jesus, with thanksgiving. Amen.